0: Okay, so we're in week three of this series. Uh, I was thrown because I did one of these weeks without being here, and I recorded it. And so we are talking about marathon and just how the Christian life is a marathon, how doing your best every day uh, throughout the course of life is a marathon. And over the course of time, you're going to have moments where Uh, you are sprinting and you're trying to get to a specific goal or you're trying to do a specific thing, but most of the time you're going to be kind of checking your pace and just doing your best and, and understanding that sometimes you're going to stumble, sometimes you're going to trip, but you're going to have to get up and keep going and keep trying. And so we talked about... Uh, in the first week about King Saul and how he was chosen by God to be a king. He was literally chosen. We usually just think of his villainy and where he tried to kill David, which is pretty bad. But he was chosen by God and he did a good job. Like he followed God and he did his best and he led Israel well. But then he started to believe his own hype and he started to get egotistical and he started to get prideful and he started to get jealous of all of these things. And so when David became a hero, all that he saw was the fact that he wasn't getting as much love and he wasn't getting as much fame and he wasn't getting as much as many songs sang about him and all of these things. And so he slowly and then quickly uh, turned against God and became a bad person and became a bad king and eventually died as an enemy of God. And then last week we talked about Solomon, who kind of the same thing, although in a way, it's kind of worse because a, he was the wisest person ever because he was wise enough to ask for wisdom. But b, he was David's son and also knew about Saul. Like he was in this line of kings and in this area where he knew their stories, and he knew how Saul had turned bad. And he knew how David had made a huge bad decision, but then found his way back to God. And so he knew all of this. and yet he still allowed uh, other women and 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 just pride again to turn him away from God and to actually start worshiping other gods. And so this was somebody who started out as the wisest person ever and was doing what's right. But then he, he just started to care more about other things and more about other uh, fame things and more about other money things and more about all of this other stuff that turned him away. And again, it came back to pride. Uh, This week we're starting with someone who has a flip story, because if it was just every week somebody who started good and then ended bad, it would be very sad and we'd stop listening after a while. But we're going to talk about Paul, and so I'm going to start from Acts chapter 7, uh, verse 54 through chapter 8, verse 1. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. So Stephen was a, uh, basically a disciple. He, he was one of the people who came up with the disciples after Jesus went back to heaven to uh, spread the message and to do build churches and do all these things. So he was a missionary. Um, and they t- shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Uh, His accusers took off their coats and laid him at the feet of a young man named Saul. Uh, who became Paul. And they stoned him. Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that he died. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. So basically Stephen was killed not even for necessarily preaching the gospel, but for just for saying that he saw Jesus, just for loving Jesus, just for doing the right thing. And so they stoned him to death. They threw rocks at him. If you, You've you probably heard this phrase a lot, but it literally you take heavy rocks and you throw it at somebody until they die and you just keep throwing them and throwing them and throwing them and it's not like pebbles and it's not like tennis balls and it's not like anything else it's like heavy rocks that people would throw and I don't know if you've ever been hit by a lot of rocks but it hurts and it keeps coming and so you start to lose consciousness but then you get uh, shaken awake by the force of a rock hitting your skull and then you start to lose and etc etc and you start to bleed out and all of these things it's a horrible 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 way to die and even with all of that Stephen, as he's thrown at the feet of Saul, who became Paul, uh, he says, forgive them, like don't let them be charged with the sin, which is nuts, and that had to make them even matter. Now, he is an awesome person, and he's a wonderful focus, because he did the right thing, and he died for just being a good person, just doing what was right, just following his faith, but we're going to focus on Saul. So Saul, and most of you probably already know that he became Paul, and you know that he started a lot of churches and he wrote half the New Testament, he did all these things but this is where he started. He started as a murderer, he started as watching someone who was completely innocent of any crimes be killed and being part of it and this was not the only time he'd been involved in that, like his life at this point was going from town to town and putting Christians in chains, people that followed Jesus, people that just said they followed Jesus, people that knew the disciples, people that were rumored to know the disciples if you're familiar with American history, uh, there was a period of time when McCarthy and the Red Scare and all this stuff where people were just rumored to be communists and so they were arrested and all of this horrible stuff. And this was basically happening now. And so anybody who was like, hey, I don't like this person over here, I think they follow Jesus, which for us, that'd be a pretty good insult. But back then it's like you're getting arrested and probably killed. And so that was Saul's entire life. Like he was a Pharisee. Uh, And he went around and he arrested people and he put them in chains and he killed them and he allowed them to die and all of these things. And so he was not a good person. He was not a happy person. He was an angry person. All of the things that you could think about that are negative, is who he is, which makes his story amazing, but it also says, this is where he starts, this is where he starts, this was not an accidental, like, oh, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time, oh, you know what, I just try, and and these people, I can't change them, this was, he's at the front lines of hurting people, of killing people, of hating people, Uh, and so you can imagine what it would be like just to talk to him at all. And then it goes, a great wave of persecution began that day, uh, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. And so I start with that because his life started uh, being a fearmonger. His life started spreading fear. His life started spreading hatred. His life started uh, spreading anger and, and, and all of these things that are just horrible and, and the opposite of what Jesus says to do. And yet As he continued to do that, and actually he was on the path to continue to do that, and to go after the disciples themselves, and Jesus stopped him, and Jesus was in heaven, and so he shined a light in his face. You've probably heard this before, but if not, this is what happens. Uh, On the road to Damascus, he shines a light in his face, he blinds him, literally blinds him, and then says, hey, you got to change your life. Now, most of us, I think, would applaud that and be like, well, yeah, obviously he does need to change his life, of course, but then Jesus says, and you are going to go preach for me. Now, that's insane. That is like taking someone like Charles Manson, now he's a little worse, but still bad, and and saying, hey, I want you to go start a megachurch. Now, that is insane. Like, we wouldn't imagine that happening. Like, nobody here would go to that church, probably, because it'd be pretty nuts. Well, In a lot of ways, that's what we're seeing here because Saul was a bad person. He did bad things. Now, again, you can argue that he wasn't as bad as Manson, and I'm not going to get into that. And I don't think he was because he tried, but he still was killing people and responsible for people's deaths. And so after he changes, after he realizes this, he gets up and he goes and starts preaching immediately. Now, If it were a fairy tale and if it were just a story or just a TV show, uh, people would be like, oh man, I didn't like you and now I do and it's pretty cool. But especially at the beginning and probably through his entire life, All of the Pharisees hated him because he betrayed them. And they're like, you're with us. Like, this is worse than than those Jesus followers. Like, you turned against us. You took what we taught you, and now you're using it against us. Like, what are you doing? And so they all hated him. All of the, a lot of the followers of Jesus, they didn't trust him. And so he'd come into town and start talking, and they'd be like, man, you know, I heard that he started this church, and I heard that he was helping people, and I heard that he changed, and these people said how he was blinded, but... How can we trust him? Like we saw him be there as Stephen died. Like we saw this. How can we possibly trust him? And so they continued to question him. And so everywhere he went, he was faced with hatred and faced with anger and faced with judgment. Now, his words were from God. And so people were changed. And as he talked and as he lived and as he did what was right, uh, people would be like, okay, he's legit. But it still took a while. Now, that's on him. Like he made the decisions that led him to that, but it was on God that he was able to get people to follow Jesus. It's on God that he was able to say, hey, I was the worst of the worst. This is what redemption means. This is what it looks like. Uh, There were a lot of people that Jesus could have called who maybe were more gifted speakers, or maybe more gifted writers, or or maybe would have been trusted quicker and were Pharisees but hadn't done the bad stuff, but he went after Paul because he saw who he could be, and he saw his heart, and he saw that, that even though he had done wrong, he had this amazing potential. Uh, one of the things that you'll find in your life is you're going to screw up. And I say this a lot. I said this this morning. You are going to screw up. You're going to make stupid decisions at some point. Now, you can live your life thinking, well, I'm going to make stupid decisions. I can do what I want, and that's a bad way to live because you never know what's going to happen. You you don't know when Rob's going to come barreling down the road and just slam into you, getting away from the puppy police and all this stuff. But you just don't know, and then the longer you put it off, the longer your heart has to turn against God and all of these things. But the way to look at it is, I'm going to screw up. And so I have to have grace for myself. And I have to say, okay, if even Paul can change that much and completely find redemption and completely write half of the New Testament, and you can easily say that aside from Jesus, Paul, especially in the early church, did more than anyone else to like build the church like this is a person who was involved with murder and yet he did so much to to do his best from that it never erased what he'd done But he was able to redeem himself and to move forward. And so even though there were some people that always remembered, he was able to still keep trying and to still keep doing what was right. And so you are able to do that too. Like you're never going to make this one mistake or this one decision where it's like, I can never come back from that. Now there are decisions and things that can have severe consequences that affect your entire life. Um, My mom, when she was very young, got involved with a drug dealer and got pregnant and had a baby, which spoiler alert, became me, but it was like this not situation where she's like, Oh, I'm so glad that this is happening. And thankfully, like God had my great grandparents in place, uh, to, to help raise me and then to eventually raise me completely. But even though like she didn't do that in evil or anything, but she made this decision and you know, she probably, uh, was forgiven. She was forgiven for it. She changed her life. She really built something amazing, but the consequences still lived on now maybe I'm not the worst consequences in the world, but I mean, for a 17-year-old girl, it's pretty rough. And so things like that can happen. Or, uh, you know, there are people in jail who have, like Paul, uh, murdered people, and it's wrong, and it's always going to be wrong, and they're going to stay in jail, but they can still be redeemed. They can still be saved. They can still do good. Now, the families of their victims are probably never going to be like, oh, this is so awesome. I can't wait to hear them. But those people can still do good. And so that's what we have with Paul. And so we're jumping to the end of his life. And this is chapter 28 of Acts. Uh, Three days after Paul's arrival, he called together the local Jewish leaders. He said to them, Brothers, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Roman government, uh, even though I'd done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors. The Romans tried me and uh, wanted to release me because they found no cause for the death sentence. But when the Jewish leaders protested the decision, I felt it necessary to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no desire to press charges against my own people. Uh, I asked you to come here today so that we could get acquainted, so that I could explain to you that I am bound with this chain because I believe that the hope of Israel, the Messiah, has already come. So I jumped to this. There's so many things with Paul that I could have talked about to uh, show his redemption and show how he had changed. But... If you've ever been in church before, you've heard me talk. You've heard me talk about Paul, and so you know a lot of this. I jump to this because he's being arrested for doing something good. Like he was being arrested as an innocent man. This is exactly what he was doing to other people. And so he can't be like, well, this sucks. This has never happened to anybody. And so in this situation, he's like, oh, man. I know what these people felt like, and he'd spent his life trying to make up for this, but he knew what they felt like. And so instead of complaining and instead of whining, and instead of saying, woe is me and this sucks and all of this stuff, he's saying, listen, I wanna tell you about Jesus. He's like, it's wrong for me to be arrested. Life sucks sometimes because it was wrong for me to do what I did. But look at what has happened in my life. And so he's actually using the things in his life. Uh, I've talked before about how I've gone through depression and social anxiety and all of these things that I struggle with. And they suck. But they enable me to see things in a different way and see people in a different way. And be able to talk about things that a lot of people can't necessarily talk about. That does not mean that it's easy. And it does not mean that I'm like, thank goodness I can just be in a cold sweat walking in a room of people like it's so awesome to just feel uh, worthless all the time. I'm not saying that, but to say, okay, God lifts me up from this and God helps me and God shows me what to do. And he's given me this chance to use it. And so that's what Paul is doing. He did a lot of bad stuff and he could have spent his entire life just apologizing and he did and he should have, but he could have spent his entire life saying, well, I've screwed up. Like, I've done as bad as you can do. I know that Jesus told me to preach, but I can't do that. I'm not worth it. And a lot of people probably saw it that way. But instead, he said, you know what? I have to do this because it's worth it. And even though it's going to be hard, and even though a lot of people aren't going to listen to me because I did a lot of bad things, someone will, and that someone will be able to talk to someone else, and that someone will be able to talk to someone else. And my life will show that Jesus redeems. And so that's what he's talking about here. We go to the next part. Uh, They replied, we have had no letters from Judea or reports against you from anyone who has come here, but we want to hear what you believe, for the only thing we know about this movement is that it is denounced everywhere. Uh, So a time was set, and on that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Some were persuaded by the things he said, but others did not believe. And after they had argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, uh, Go and say to this people, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their eyes can or their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let them let me heal them. So I want you to know that salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles and they will accept it. So he's talking to a court of the Pharisees, to the Jews, to the high council, to the people who he used to be a part of, and he's using his chance for freedom to talk about Jesus. Now, again, even though they saw him as a betrayer, and even though they saw all of these things that he'd done, he knows where they're coming from, and so more than anyone else, he is able to talk about what they're thinking and what they're feeling. He knows the scriptures that they believe, and he's able to show how Jesus is in them. And so you may think, I can't do it. Like I've done this or I've done that or I'm just not good enough or I'm not the best speaker or I'm not the best athlete or I'm not the best student or I'm, I, I don't like myself or whatever it is that you have going on, somebody else is like you. There are other people that, that have those same struggles, that have those same things, and everybody has some struggle. But somebody else will listen to you that wouldn't listen to me. Somebody else that will listen to you that wouldn't listen to Rob or Carol or Tim or whoever else because they will see your life just like these people saw Paul's life. And some of these people were like, wow, I was where he was. And I had that anger and I saw how it ate him up and I saw how it changed him. But now he's so different. I want that. And so your life matters. And you may not be like a, a, a pastor like Billy Graham or or. Uh, children's TV host like Mr. Rogers or an author like C.S. Lewis or something. But in your life, you're going to be able to impact people for good because they're going to know you and they're going to see your sincerity and they're going to see your truth and they're going to see who you are and what you've gone through. And so your testimony is your life. It's what you've done. It's what your past and how it shaped you, but how you've learned from it and how you've grown. And this is what Paul teaches us. This is what redemption teaches us. Last part of the scripture and then I'm done. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming uh, the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one tried to stop him. So essentially, he lives away from home. He lives not fully arrested, but not really free either for the rest of his life but he does it preaching about Jesus, talking about Jesus, uh, and he knows everything that he's done. He talks sometimes about a thorn in his flesh, and I believe that means that he struggles with depression and some things that he's dealt with, but he still turns to God, and he still thanks him, and he still talks about it. He doesn't hide from the sins that he's done. He talks about it, and he says, hey, I sucked. Like, I was a bad person, but Jesus saw something in me, and he'll see something in you. So even though we've talked about people like King Saul, and I realize King Saul and Saul, but even though we've talked about people like King Saul and Solomon who completely got it wrong and had the highest office and just could not get out of their own way. We see someone who was very respected and could have lived his life as a Pharisee and been okay, but was completely changed and completely forgiven and able to bring that to other people. And so there's always hope. There's always a chance to do better. There's always redemption. There's always just a way to have a better life. And One of the things I caution you is there are always going to be people from your past who will remind you of your past, and they will want to tear you down, and they will want to say, yeah, I know that you're saying this now, but I know what you used to be like, and it sucks, and it hurts, but that's on them. All you can do is do what you can do. All you can do is live your best. All you can do is accept that you can do better and then do that and learn from your mistakes and learn from the mistakes of others and just stand up like Paul did without the murder stuff in your background and stand up like Paul did and go forward and just treat people like you want to be treated and say, hey, I'm not perfect, but you don't have to be either because we can do this. We can treat people better. We can love people more. We can have a a better world, not All in all, but in the world that you live in, in the world that encircles you, like you can be an example of good and you can help people to see that there is hope, to see that there is a better way, to see that there is redemption. And we do that just by doing our best and by being forgiving and graceful and helping each other. And that's all I got.